Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. I'm Yen, the comic half of this podcast. Though today, today, I might be a little sans. Ooh, and I'm Nat, the sans half of this podcast. And today, today, I was he's still be very sans. much sans. In he's fact, gonna, I may be, he's gonna be I more, may be sans, more than sans than you've ever seen before. Exactly. I may be more sans than ever before. I'm going to say this. I think we should get the Guinness Book of World Records on the line right now because I think Nat is about to be as sans as anyone's ever been. He's about to be the most sans, sansiest man alive. What if I surprise you when like deep inside the recesses of my brain, there is this treasure trove of knowledge about what we're going to talk about today just hidden there and then I, I access it and I'm just like pouring out information. Then I will pay la you $1,000. For our international listeners, pay la is our equivalent to Venmo here in oh, Singapore. Oh, Venmo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll wire you. And I, you know, I, I accept your offer. And uh, I do hope that, that somewhere in this good old noggin of mine, there is something. <laughs> I hope there's something too, because otherwise, how do you maintain your ability to breathe and, <laughs> and, and, and function? Which, you know, at this point, maybe all you can do... Today's episode of Comic Sans, everyone, is about a very special event on the horizon, slash perhaps going on, slash perhaps past, depending on when you're listening to this. But, you know, even if it's in the past, it may be coming up again, because what we are talking about today is Comic Con. Comic Con, not to be confused with Comic Corn. Tell me what Comic Con is, Nat. Earn your thousand dollars right now. It's like when you go watch a Marvel movie in, in, the, in the cinemas and they're like, would mm-hmm. you like popcorn or comic corn? Uh-huh. Okay. That's it. That's all I got. That's I'm, all I got. I'm trying to figure out how I hang up this call. Do you know how I do that? Could you tell me how to do that? No, you're stuck here forever. Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. Okay. So the reason I'm a little sans today is because I actually, you know, I've never been a Comic-Con. <gasps> Gasp horror. Let's be specific. Like, What is Comic-Con? Nat, where do you think Comic-Con takes place? Somewhere in America. My guess is probably LA. That seems like the hub of a lot of pop culture. Am I right? Okay. I'll give you two more guesses. So it's not LA. Okay. Then it's probably New York. Well, maybe it is LA, but I'm still going to give you two more guesses. Uh, what? <laughs> what? No. Two Are you saying you don't know? Two more guesses right now. Two more guesses. LA, New York, and Nebraska. Nebraska? A state? <laughs> you think the entire state is dedicated to Comic-Con? Um, well, okay, that's kind of right because there's a bunch of Comic-Cons all over the world. There's a Singapore Comic-Con right. as well. Um, but what we talk about when we say the Comic-Con is we're usually thinking of the one in... Say it with me, Nat. Say it with me. Okay. The one in... 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 San Diego. Diego. I was trying to trick you into saying San Francisco. Nah, nah, nah. Man's See, clever. It, Man's actually, clever. that was somewhere in the recesses of my brain. I'm not sure why I knew it was San Diego, but yeah. And so we're going to talk a little bit about San Diego Comic Con today and its role in comic books. And I guess I'm going to be honest with everyone right now. And I'll be honest with you too, Nat, since you're here. Please, please, please be honest. <laughs> it'd be it'd be pretty difficult for me to be honest with everyone, but dishonest to you in this moment. <laughs> I really am not. I'm not huge on Comic Con. I'm not huge on Comic Con. There's a couple of reasons why, and because I wasn't that into it, I didn't actually really put any time into knowing it, to understanding it, because it wasn't something that I was super invested into understanding. But now to prepare for this episode, I had to go do some research, which I'm used to doing. 
and I'm a little more informed about Comic Con. And what I was extremely gratified to discover was that you know I'm right. No, I'm right sometimes, <laughs> but I'm also wrong about other things about Comic Con. Things that I had no idea about. You know, if I had to put my money on, if I didn't know you as a friend, let's, and let's I, linger in that universe for a little bit. And I and I knew you parasocially through this podcast, and I had to put okay. my money on someone who would be a fan of and and probably even attend Comic-Con, it would probably yeah. be you. So yeah, I'm sure this is a surprise to many people who have listened to this podcast and you know have heard Yen wax lyrical about comics and what an amazing medium it is and, and how invested and interested he is in, in the world of comics outside the content, you know, talking about creators and the industry mm-hmm. and all these things. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it strikes many, not just me, as a surprise, right? And I also want to say one more thing. Comic-Con could have been the title of this podcast, you know, because... Okay, and so you, I would be comic and you'd be con? Yeah. You think they're a con? You think as in like what? Like a confidence scheme? Or like pros no, like and cons? I, I think comics are a con, like a, like a, like a, well, what's, what's con short for? I guess con is just short for con, huh? I think comics are a con is what I would say before, you know, I did season one. No, no, no. What do you, what do you, what do you mean? What the hell are you saying to me right now? <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I'll, no, I'll break out a single cuss. What the hell are you talking about? What do you mean con? What do you mean con is short for Like what? con man, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's why I, I I instantly said confidence scheme. I was trying to help you. Is I, that I what con is short for? I told for? you what it's... Uh, yes, yes. Wow, guess I'm con sans too. Oh man, that's a good... That, now that's a good show, con, con sans. <laughs> so every episode I, I dupe you into wiring me via payout of Venmo $1,000. Yeah, every episode I get scammed Every episode. by the end of it. <laughs> I think that's a good that's a good show. That's a good show. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about Comic-Con. Let's Comic talk about Comic-Con. Yeah. So, there are two reasons, two primary reasons that I've never been really into Comic-Con. Okay. One of them is that it's always been very far away. Sure. Right? Cuz you know, in Singapore, I'm not flying halfway across the world to San Diego. But you said there was a Singapore one for, and you've never been to that one too? No, I've been to the Singapore one. I've okay. been to Singapore one. Okay, for the context of this conversation, right? From now on, when I say Comic Con, I'm referring to San Diego Comic Con, the Comic Con. I'm not referring to the concept of a Comic Con. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Reason number one, it's really far away. Mm-hmm. Right? And reason number two is that for many years, Comic Con hasn't really been about comics. Interesting. So it's a misnomer? Well, it's not a misnomer. Comics are certainly a big part of the picture. But in the last decade or so, you know, last few decades, it's become primarily about Hollywood and movies and things surrounding mm. nerd culture, um, such as anime, TV shows. One of the big things is Hall H, which is where uh, Disney and Marvel has had all their conventions until I think they left Comic-Con and now they have their own expo. Oh. But, you know, Hall H was the place to be to learn about Marvel movies, to see the first trailer, to see the casting announcements, where the cast would literally, like, walk on stage to be like, oh my god, this is the Captain America now, you know? This is where they announced, like, oh, the MCU Phase 4, and then they had that big timeline. Yes, exactly. Well not, the- well, not Phase 4, because I think Phase 4, they were already doing it at the Disney Right, event. right. But that sort of um, thing. But before that, yeah, yeah, that was exactly it. You know, those videos you see of, like, all of them sitting on those long tables. Yeah with their name tags, and then behind them is this trailer going, that is that is Hall H. That is where it all happens. I mean, that's exciting, right? But, you know, not really, really comic books. Not really comic books. Because it's movies, right? It's something else. And we've discussed at length that those are two different media. I don't know if this is the right time to ask this question, but, you know, a lot of the gripes over these Marvel movies is that they're sort of deviating further and further away from the source material or sort of not staying true to the spirit of it. 
just wondering, and maybe I'm just playing the devil's advocate here, isn't them being present in these sort of spaces a good thing in the sense of they're trying to, you know, draw those connections back to the source material, to the roots? Yeah, well, that's a great point, right? That like them being there is a way of honoring comics. But then the thing of it is also is that we're talking about a literal physical space. Right. Right. We're talking about a physical space with a finite like floor space. And that means literally when these movies come in, they are taking up more and more space mm. within the halls and within the sections and the people going are going there for different reasons. Yeah. Everything is shifting. I do think there is something to what you're saying that is like kind of honoring the roots, but I don't think that's actually what's going on. I'm going to go into what I think is actually going on later. Sure. So, so as I said earlier, I didn't know that much about San Diego Comic-Con. I haven't been. Um, so to prepare for this, I, I read quite a bit and I also listened to this great oral history podcast by Sirius XM called Comic-Con Begins. So if you're interested, you know, after this episode, you want to know a little bit more. I'm covering a lot of that in really broad strokes. We'll link it in the description. Yeah, we'll link it in the description. But that one is an entirely oral history. So it's all the people who founded Comic-Con and all the people who've gone, and people who, you know, have found it meaningful over the years. Okay, and over the years, that takes me to the year 1970. That is when the first San Diego Comic-Con was held and you know how many people were at that con i don't know why i, should, I shouldn't ask you that question i'm gonna ask the next question well, well, let so me there guess. were 300 people Aww. no there were 300 people at san diego comic-con in 1970 okay okay how many people do you think went last year last year yeah how how many days does comic-con span give me that at least comic-con is four days net from thursday to sunday okay so how many people over the span of four days attended comic-con last year i'm gonna guess yeah. three hundred thousand. You know, this was a bad idea because it's 150,000. So now my number sounds dumb. <laughs> now my number sounds way too low. But it's, it's 150,000 people bought lot, yeah. tickets to Comic-Con last year. And so right. that's not including staff. That's not including guests. That's not including press, right? Those mm -hmm. are the people who are paying money to go. Those are the people flying in, driving in from around the country to go to San Diego Comic-Con. So we're talking about an exponential increase in how this works, right? And so let's go back to 1970 again. Mm -hmm. Right when it's three hundred people, and let's go a little back further, okay, Nat? Okay, you sure. With me, I'm, I'm. I don't really have a choice. Let's go back to 1954. Okay, what happened in 1954, Nat? Like in the world? Yeah, tell me one thing that you. Yeah, can you think of one thing that happened in 1954? <sighs> I think my grandparents might have been born around then. Okay, <laughs> you know. Okay, that's a yeah, that's so an important milestone for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, the, so grand, grandfather, ma, grandmother, ma. You know what? That's probably wrong. My dad was born in 1964. No, that's no way. That's no way. So that's my true. parents no could have born in 1950. No way. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, 1954 in America in comic books marks the arrival of the Comic Code Authority. Sounds okay. official. So the Comic Code Authority is this new fangled censorship board that appears. Because before this moment, there's huge moral crisis in the United States about comic books, where they're seen as these perverse, depraved form of material, too violent, too sexual, too horny. Too horny for the good old Christian America. Yes. And, and so they had to clamp it down. And so we're also talking about the Cold War, talking about the Red Scare, we're right. talking about McCarthy, we're talking about all this sort of moral policing that's going on. And that leads to the Comic Code Authority in 1954. Interesting. And that cleans up comics a lot. 
And it's only for comics. It's just for comics. And that's 1954. And that cleans up mainstream comics. But what that ends up doing is it ends up pushing that same spirit into underground comics, which are comics that are being made by people like zines. They're handing around one to another. They are meeting together and, and, and sharing their work with each other like they are in 1970 at the first San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Right. That's part of the spirit of the initial San Diego Comic Con is this underground where some. Right, they still love the mainstream stuff, but they're also figuring out like, oh yeah, we can disseminate our work this way, right? We yeah. can spread our work, right? Our work with you know nipples, butt cheeks, ankles. You know, if you're daring enough, ankles. Yeah, lots of ankles. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some, maybe some toes. Ooh, let's move fast. Let's move fast from this point. <laughs> and so, actually, the early meetings for these people organizing Comic Con. This is a fascinating story. They were held in the back of a adult video store. That's so on brand. That's the spirit. That's the spirit <laughs> of Comic-Con right. Right, in 1970. And so there's actually this funny thing where in the early years of Comic-Con, there was this group going around called the Air Pirates who were handing out their work for the Mouse Liberation Front. The what liberation? Mouse? Mouse Liberation Front. Like mice? Can you guess which mouse that was? Mickey Mouse. Yes, indeed. They were, gonna, they were they trying were, to liberate they, Licky, Mickey Mouse? Licky Mouse? Hold no. on a second. Whoa, 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 Hold on a second. Someone called someone call the Comic Sans Code Authority. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was a Freudian slip. I think it was more like a Freudian demand. <laughs> wait, wait. Why were they trying to liberate Mickey Mouse? Well, no, it, they weren't. That was just their name facetiously. But what they were doing was they were drawing all these, you know, lewd pictures of Mickey and Minnie in compromising positions. Right. And they were just spreading it around the con. In hindsight, that's sort of like a foreshadowing full circle moment with Disney buying over Marvel, but you know. Okay, I'm, I'm glad that's the point you got to. I was worried you were going to bring us somewhere else. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's interesting. Like if that is the origin of Comic-Con and then, you know, you talked about Disney sort of like meddling. The and, swoop in, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's also, I mean, it's, it's funny, but it's also like they, those people were sued like crazy. Like Disney oh, came shit. after them. But he's getting what I'm saying about this spirit, right? Yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. Outsiders, these weirdos, right? We're talking 1970. That's when you're reading a comic book, you can get shoved into a locker still. You know? There's like a rebellious misfits sort of like alternative subculture thing yes, going exactly. on. Yeah. There's an anti-establishment, yeah. anti-authority. One of the stories in Comic-Con Begins is about this academic, Timothy Leary. Have you ever heard the name Timothy Leary before? Nope. Okay, so he's this prominent in the 70s and 80s who's really into LSD. Okay. His whole thing, he's trying to tell everyone to go into LSD. <laughs> and they invite him to Comic-Con to speak on a panel. And one of the other comic book artists, well, like a major comic book artist says, hey, you bring him in, I'm not. He's, he's like anti the American household. He's disgusting. He's perverse. If you bring him in, I'm leaving. And I'm going to tell all my friends to not come with me. Right, so it's like Comic-Con is not immune to the outside world in this you know it's a culture war yeah it's the site of a culture war. right 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 so in 1970 when they're making it they agree that comic con is about going to be about three things okay it's going to be about comics of course science fiction oh interesting and and here's the kicker here's one of the points where i was like oh i was wrong it's going to be about movies oh so baked into the DNA of Comic-Con with those was that trifecta. Comics, science fiction, movies. And were people making like superhero movies back then already in the 70s? They were, right? Ah, right. So this is the point. So what they meant by movies, right? And this is very different. What The quote used in it is this guy saying that what he wanted to see at Comic-Con was a 60mm cut of none other than my favorite character of all time. Hellboy? No. Oh. 
Godzilla. Oh, I was so close. Should oh, give me you one were more so guess. Close. <laughs> you were so close, right? And so, and so when when you think about that, right? Sixty mm cut of King Kong. We're not talking about like, oh, I want to see who's going to be playing Captain America, right? Right. Nineteen seventy. We're talking about. There's no streaming, obviously. There's nothing's digital, mm. right? They want a Comic Con to be a site to see things that they would never otherwise be able to see, right? It's still underground stuff. They're not looking for the mainstream celebrations. They're looking for this old footage of films, of classic horror films that they will never have access to otherwise. Mm, mm, mm. And you're hoping that guy in the van is going to pull up and he's going to have all these old reels and you're going to stick it in the projector <laughs> and all these nerds are going to watch Godzilla and they're going to watch King Kong. And they're going to eat their watch, comic you know, corn and. Oh, man, I don't want. I don't want that to stick. I don't want that to stick. Right, but so, but so, and so, but you see, still in some way, it it was like a multimedia thing from the very beginning. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's about celebrating the world of comics, which at that time was this underground, subversive, anti-establishment thing, which included the movies, which included the the books and the writers and the creators. Right. I guess all of that of that has shifted. Yeah. 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 And so the early stages of when that starts to shift is. Nat, have you seen any Star Trek? Do you like Star Trek? I know of Star Trek. I probably have seen like screenshots on Twitter. I've never watched any of it. I'm sorry. That's that's your reference point. You've seen screenshots of it on Twitter. Yeah. I'm stupefied, man. <laughs> I think I'm stupid. I'd have preferred it if you said you've never seen it at all and just left it at that. I'd rather if you did try to be like, oh yeah, I know it. I've seen screenshots of it on Twitter. <laughs> so Star Trek was initially a TV show, and now it's a movie. Now it's been several TV shows. Now I think currently there's like three Star Trek shows on air. Mm-hmm. So now it's one of those mega franchises, right? But back then it was just this one TV show with William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy, and it was canceled because it didn't have enough viewership. Right. And what these fans did at San Diego Comic Con, they colluded and they conspired and they put together this letter writing campaign to convince the network to bring Star Trek back. And that's not like, you know, now you think of that and like, oh yeah, you know, you've seen that happens all the time with like... Change.org. Yeah, change.org. Like bring back this show, bring back this show. What's a show you like that you want to yeah. bring back, Matt? Glee? Ooh. Probably, right? Glee? I've never watched That's Glee. That's such a lie. Dude. You know, I don't watch much TV. Come man. on. I can see the Glee poster right behind you. I don't know why you're lying. Why are you <laughs> making this up? You love Glee. I've never watched Glee. <laughs> so, I don't know why you tell these lies sometimes, man. Okay, well, anyway, hashtag Nat wants Glee back. Okay, sure. Let's go with that. But when, you know, when these Star Trek fans were doing this at the time, it was unprecedented. Right. It was insane that fans had some thought that they had some say. But the thing is, is it worked. You know, it was so weird that it, they brought it back, mm. and and it became a huge hit. Yeah. So so and, and I think it, I think it was eventually cancelled again. To be clear, this is not Star Trek sans. Yeah. Okay? Of which I'll be even more sans than I am about Comic Con. So that's not go there. So you you know you Trekkies live long and prosper and leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so suddenly, right, the stature of these nerds is shifting. Mm-hmm. Right? Do they actually have some power? Do they understand something that Hollywood doesn't? Do they have a finger on the pulse? Are they useful? And I think more importantly is, do they bring in the money, right? I mean, that's what Hollywood cares about. Right, do they bring in the money, right? Yeah, yeah, and so in 76, the people putting up Star Wars for the first time, this is before it's A New Hope, before it's even planned that there's going to be another one, or, you know, eight more and two spinoffs. This is just Star Wars, <laughs> right? Yeah. Before it was episode four, it was just Star Wars. They bring it to Comic-Con and they push it in a really, really big way because they realize, hey, these people, these attendees, this is their tribe. This is going to excite them and they're going to get their buddies to watch it and they're going to get their buddies to mm-hmm. watch it and we can actually make this movie work 
if we make it land at Comic-Con, which is such a common thing now, right? That's why all the trailers now launch at Comic-Con because it's such a big thing. And this is before the internet. So this is also word of mouth. This is reporting. Mm. This is traditional media. So having a physical space to talk about these things, that's huge for Hollywood. Right. Mm. And so Star Wars and then Ghostbusters kind of changed the narrative a little. Ghostbusters, I wasn't expecting that name to come into the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters. One of the people on the podcast on Comic Con Begins talks about how when they first saw the Ectomobile at Comic Con, the Ectomobile is the car that the Ghostbusters drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, "Oh, something is shifting in the air. Like you can just feel it in the air, right?" And suddenly there was this sense of encroachment that Comic Con was no longer about comics. Right. anymore even though maybe it never really was entirely about comics but somehow the priorities are shifting because mm. right? and how it's described as the priorities are shifting things are changing in the air everyone's suddenly a lot more good looking <laughs> <laughs> that's so sad and that's very mean <laughs> well because it's the studios are sending their people in right 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 so it's not it's not a comment about the audiences no 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 it's not about okay, the audiences okay. it's not Let's that the clarify. audiences suddenly got more handsome you know like the cast of friends <laughs> Like yeah, like like every season of Friends, I got better and better looking at. That, that was what was happening at at, at San Diego Comic Con in nineteen seventy six. So this person was present in the room when they were announcing Ghostbusters. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Like literally, just like in the big hall area, they had the car, the Ectomobile, right. sitting there. And I was like, wait, oh, that's a lot of like real estate. That's a lot of space to be using for that. Mm, okay. Um, and that's gonna let me pivot perfectly. Wow, I really set myself up. I'm pitching to myself. I'm knocking it back. Well done, Yen. Space. One of the big things about Comic-Con is Artist Alley. So almost every Comic-Con, as far as I know, across the world has an Artist Alley. And it's a place for fans to talk to artists and get to know them and see their work and maybe show their portfolios, maybe get an in on the business, or just get some fan art of a character they really like that this person does, right? That's Artist Alley. Right, so if you had asked me prior to this episode yeah. what Comic-Con is about, that is what I you would th- have you guessed, think it's, right? It's, that's, that's, you think it's primarily yeah. that, right? Yeah. That's what I understand it to be. You know, it's an opportunity for people to meet creators. I mean, because I, I have knowledge of other expos, right? So there are like, or I think not currently right now, I'm not sure what it's called anymore. There used to be a YouTube one, yeah. right? It's, what's it called? Um, VidCon, yeah. right? So then you would go there to meet YouTubers and there'll be these panels and things like that. And, and so when you tell me Comic-Con, my kind of preconceived understanding is, okay, you, people go there to meet creators, to meet artists, to meet writers, to meet, and then maybe, yes, like also actors who act in the movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, I just want to say that it was sort of my preconceived notion of what Comic-Con is. You know what? You know what? This just reminded me of something that I really didn't need to be reminded of because I should have just remembered it, which is what I did today, which is I went to a convention. <laughs> I totally forgot to bring that up at the start. Today, Tell me about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So t- today I went to uh, FanCon in Arlington Heights where the improv group I'm in was doing a show. We did two shows. Come on, shout out the name of your improv group. RPG yeah. 13. That's it. That's right, folks. Nice. I am on a podcast and I'm in an improv group. I am approaching peak malehood. And soon I will be unstoppable. Peak, peak brohood. Yeah, peak brohood. Hey, Nat, do you have any crypto? No, unfortunately, I don't. So there was oh, an fortunately, artist. Sorry, fortunately, yeah, I don't. Yeah, hold on a second. So there was an artist alley at FanCon. And it's people, you know, selling their wares. And sorry, sorry. For the uninformed like me, what is FanCon and how is it different from Comic-Con and what, what, what con is this? It was just, it's just fan convention. So it's just another convention. Right, but it's it's it's, it's, I think like, it's it's primarily I think it's like it's just for people to do their cosplay and meet other people and see you know some people play Dungeons and Dragons, see a Magic the Gathering tournament, um, participate in some trivia. Okay, so there's still a specific sort of focus, right? It's not like like football fans aren't there. What? Oh, oh, you mean like I, what type I, no, of fan? I'm trying to understand. You think, you, you yeah, think, like, you think, oh my god, you think you think it's just like for anybody who likes something? 
Yeah, you, no, you that's what I'm trying to understand. For anybody who likes something, there's there's no way it's that. So I was trying to understand fans of what. My improv group is called RPG Thirteen. What do you think we do? Role playing games. I know, I know. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I, but I needed to clarify. Okay, yes, go ahead, go on. So there was an artist alley at FanCon, and there's an artist alley at Comic Con, and you know, over the years, the artist alley at Comic Con at San Diego Comic Con has been shrinking mm. because there's less space. And they're more select with the artists they want to like come in and all of that. So it's it's just there's a shift in in the priorities. Mm. But you know, I I follow a lot of comic book artists and writers on on Twitter, and almost all of them, you know, of that of a certain generation, oh, actually all of them have these stories of meeting their heroes when they were coming up at Comic Con. At Comic Con, at San Diego Comic Con, and, and for some of them, you know, meeting the hero didn't actually go that well. <laughs> right, as they say, um, never meet your heroes. That would be like if you met Alan Moore. Oh yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, Alan Moore does not go for comic. Yeah, I can imagine. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so they all have these stories of meeting their heroes and and being inspired or demotivated potentially. But it's just this is a physical site to meet. You know, other comic book creators. Right. It's a meeting place. Creators. Literally. Yeah. yeah. And so part of that also is that in 1988, the San Diego Comic Con also becomes the place to host for the first time ever the Eisners. So the Eisners are essentially the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar, the Tony of the comic book world, named after Will Eisner, creator of the Spirit, and sometimes referred to as the father of the graphic of the modern graphic novel. Mm. And so it's this opportunity to celebrate individual artists and writers and their series and their titles. You know, a winner that we're excited with. It's the art of Charlie Chan Hock Chai by Sunny Liu, who won uh, the best international publication at the Eisners. Quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Shout out Sunny. Yeah, shout out to Sunny. Shout out to the an incredible graphic novel that I actually found at the Chicago Public Library. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually in my hands right now. That's cool. So the Eisners, right? So the Eisners have this opportunity to celebrate these artists, but at the same time, this goes back to something we've talked about in in I think we talked about it a little bit in the Spider Verse episode of how comic book creators are compensated. Right, and that's the issue with so that. The, so on the one hand, the Eisners are celebrating people, but at the same time, you know comic book makers are perhaps sidelined a little bit for the sake of the other things at the convention. And also, there's still issues about Joe Schuster and Bill Finger, all these creators of Superman, Batman, or like the co-creators who were sidelined and then didn't get their due recompense. I don't know if I was using that word right, but we're going to move on from there. So so that so that's one thing, but that's just a general comics thing. That's the part I've always been like. It's not embracing comic book creators. But then when I was listening to this podcast and listening to these people talk about it, it's actually Comic Con was a huge corrective measure for that. Interesting. Okay. So sure, they're not getting paid, right? They're not getting the money they deserve, but they're getting FaceTime with fans who are going up to them and being like, "You changed my life." Right. Right. But that doesn't make up for no, it doesn't malpractice right? in no. compensation and all these things and yeah, IP yeah. and things like that. Yeah. But then what it is though is this site of people who really know. It's a site of people who really know and can go up to these people and be like, "I think you got shafted. I'm with you all the way." And who really care, right? People who care. Yeah. And you know, at sometimes maybe care a little bit too much. <laughs> When they were doing the Star Trek revival, some people at Comic Con were upset. They were like, "This is not what we're about. We're not about this." And so a group of people were like, "You know what?" If they're going to bring back Star Trek, we're going to try and bring back Gilligan's Isle, okay? Because I guess Comic Con can be about anything now. And so they dressed <laughs> up like the characters from Gilligan's Isle. Wow. And they're like, bring it back, right? So there's just this. There's always been this spirit of like nerd conflict. It seems like there's always this perennial debate about what Comic Con is really about, and a lot of people yeah. have different opinions about what it's supposed to be about. Yes, exactly. It seems like no one can agree. 
And so I, you know, I had a very specific opinion before doing any of this research of what I thought Comic Con was about and what it's supposed to be. But it turns out I was wrong on on several levels, but I was also right about some of it. Yeah. Right. Like I, I thought it sidelines comic book creators, and I was right. And I thought it wrongly focuses on the movies, but maybe that's not wrong. But then again, you know, the movie landscape, because you're basing the judgment of your opinion on the fact that the creators did put movies as one of the pillars of yeah. Comic Con when they when they invented it, but the movie landscape has changed so much over the past it's changed dramatically. four it's changed decades, insanely. five decades, right? Yeah. And it's like, I don't even think you can necessarily refer back to that as any sort of lodestar to move towards. Yeah, that's that's true. And what we can say, what I think is kind of undeniable is that Comic-Con has shifted so much because the place of nerd culture in the world has shifted so much. Mm. And in some ways, it's kind of beautiful to think that nerds and geeks and, 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 and weirdos now have this place where they can be celebrated for their idiosyncrasies, their obsessions, their addictions, like all these things that excite them so much, right? And they don't, you know, I was looking, you look at some of the cosplay that comes out of Comic-Con, it's, it's gobsmacking. Yeah, I saw it's this like, one recently of someone who dressed up as Hobby, as it, I don't know if it was a Comic-Con or some other convention and it looked so cool. Oh yes, I saw this too. He yeah, 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 exactly yeah, yeah. like it him. It was amazing. It was amazing, yeah. yeah. And then also it's like the turnover time in which that guy did that. Yeah. Right? Because I saw that like a week ago. The movie's less than a month old yeah, or a month yeah, yeah, old yeah. or so. So it's just fantastic the kind of dedication and, and spirit that these fans have. And it's so exciting that they, they have this place to celebrate that. And so, you know, we, even with all my cynicism about the flaws of it and the things it celebrates and the things it maligns and, and forgets, you still can't deny that that's something special. Hey folks, Yen once again here with a little interruption in our b -b -b bonus episode because it turns out trying to be topical often means the topics move slightly faster than we do. A new development following recording of this episode is the confirmation that SAG-AFTRA, or the Screen Actors Guild, as part of the ongoing strikes will not be participating in Comic-Con 2023. This means actors won't be there to promote their upcoming films. And for all the spice heads out there, it's particularly brutal because the secret Dune 2 panel at Comic-Con was revealed and cancelled in one fell swoop. This isn't necessarily a correction of anything we've already said, but it's more to bolster the point I'm already trying to make about Comic-Con as a microcosm of many different issues, including labor and artistry. SAG has joined the Writers Guild in striking, largely contesting how the deals made before have not kept pace with changes in technology like the prevalence of streaming platforms and the oh-so-dreaded AI. AI art generation is already something many comic book artists contest because it doesn't so much generate as it does pilfer and loot from existing art, with no compensation or recognition for said artists. One of the modern pillars of Comic-Con is cosplay, and SAG has requested that cosplayers do not cosplay as characters, owned by companies that they are striking against, as this is considered promoting the works that they're trying to get paid fairly for. I don't know as of recording whether the cosplayers will comply, but if I'm making bets on the future, I'm going to guess that... Marvel kills off Captain America one more time, DC doesn't going to make half the movies they plan, and scientists develop a new kind of grape that glows in the dark. Only time will tell if my predictions will come true. Now back to your regularly scheduled recording. But yeah, you know, that's I'm, I'm still kind of torn. I'm still kind of torn about how I feel about Comic-Con, because it's before I had a very simplistic understanding of it, and I was like, okay... I don't really like it. And now I'm getting, you know, I got into the weeds of it a little bit and I'm like, ah, oh, there's, there's some, there's something important about it. So on that note, Yen, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know you're not necessarily near San Diego at the moment, but, yeah. you know, hypothetically, hypothetically, if it was within your means to go, would you have any interest in going now that you have this new insight, this new revelation to sort of the history and the roots of Comic-Con? Uh, you know, frankly, I, I still think I'd, 
I don't know. I mean, it'd be really awesome to be in Artist Alley and, and see all these incredible people up front and personal. Yeah, because I feel like it'd be a big draw for you, like to meet some of yeah, these. Yeah, that's a huge draw yeah. for me. That'd be a huge draw to meet some of those people. But the thing is that I also don't like being around people that much, like that many people. Fair, like, fair. Like, just that scope of it, like I don't think that's got anything to do with Comic Con. Literally, <laughs> that's just about really about the number of people. That's just in about cons. <laughs> that's just about cons. Yeah, yeah, that's a con of cons. Con of cons. Like, wow. Yeah, this is that's a con of cons on Comic Sans Comic Con San Diego. Wow. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Let's 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 do that again. <laughs> okay, okay. That's the con of cons mm-hmm. on Comic Sans San Diego Comic Con. I don't know. You lost me. You lost me at Comic Sans. No, no, no. That was actually perfect. That was perfect. That was exactly it. I'll go back and process. Okay, sorry, sorry. Back to... Yeah, no, and that's fair. I totally feel the same way. I am not comfortable in huge crowded spaces as well. I have a lot of social anxiety. So totally resonate with that. But the thing is, no, but honestly, frankly, no, I would go. I would go at least once. I want to go at least once. Yeah. You know, to go and see Artist Alley would be awesome. What comic book writer slash artist, like if they said, I'm going to be there, would be sort of the turning point when you're like, okay, if you're going to be there, I'm going to be there. Who, who is Dude, that they're one all there. All there. They're all there every year. <laughs> really? There's Everyone? Like yeah. even the okay, niche you know, ones? No, no, no. You know, no, if Alan Moore said, I won't be there next year, then I'd be like, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> but you said he never goes. <laughs> no, that's, uh, yeah. No, I don't know. That's, they, they, they don't all go, but so many of them go to the point where it's like, wow, that's just like... Right, it's like a star-studded list. It's always a star-studded list. What about webtoons? Are webtoons represented at, at Comic-Con? Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I bet Rachel Smythe goes for... Yeah? Because it started out with 300 people, presumably 290 men. <laughs> but I yeah. think over the years, it has diversified quite a lot. And Which is a great thing. Yeah, and there's a big intersection between like nerd culture and like queer culture and things like mm-hmm, that. So mm-hmm, I think it's exactly that that, yeah. that part of it is shifting for sure. Yep, yep. And it isn't just like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Not that gay people can't like Star Wars. Nobody canceled <laughs> me. Before we end, Yen, I just wanted to ask a quick question. I mean, obviously, I think we have to acknowledge that you know we are two Singaporean creators. I'm based in Singapore. You're based in Chicago, but Singapore for better or for worse, is our home. <laughs> yes. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about the US and San Diego Comic Con, and it's also a nod towards the fact that the comic industry is so US-centric. And I'm just curious, I guess, thinking about yourself also as a writer or aspiring writer of comic books and a, a creator in that medium, how that makes you feel sort of like you have to aspire towards the US as this sort of paragon of the comic book world. But yet, you know, you are so physically and culturally distant from, from that side of things yeah totally totally i mean it's yeah the undeniable fact of it is is that a large bulk of the comics i consume are processed through the united states of america they can be written by a british person they can be written by an indian person a thai person it's still coming through the us of a and again comic-con is a microcosm of the issues with comic books yeah right san diego comic-con is is the center of it right it's everything gravitates from there everything spins out from there and even though you know i don't go and I don't really engage with it unfortunately it does or or whatever and maybe it's not unfortunate but it still affects my cultural consumption habits a lot yeah and it does affect you know the way I I think about my own work right Mm -hmm. making my own work and and whether my work is comprehensible to an audience that will go to San Diego Comic Con because the comics you've put out so far you know, they've been very localized. Intensely local. They've been very Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I wonder if that's something you know that's sort of in the back of your head like this can't break into that market. Do I need to shift my content a little bit in terms of future works? Yeah, I mean, it is, it is something that you have to think about. And it's kind of a, a tough thing to balance. 
in your head to think about like, am I compromising the work by thinking that way? Am I becoming too business centric? Am I, yeah. is the work being affected? But I think there is some, I think what, one of the things is that we could be generous to our reader and think that the reader can actually take something foreign. Um, and the market is shifting, hopefully slightly, mm-hmm. you know, especially I would say in, maybe not in superhero comics, even though superhero comics constantly claim that they are, Currently, in DC, there's a team called The Vigil, written by Ram V, who's one of my favorite writers, who's from India, then moved to London, and now writes comic books for DC. And it's a team of all South Asian characters. That's cool. It's very cool. It's a great book so far. I don't know if it'll stick around, because we don't know what the audience appetite is. I hope it sticks around, and I hope this actually does. I hope Marvel and DC are actually finally putting in the work after making every single character the same stock and build as Steve Rogers for decades. You know, let's give that comic book the good old Comic Sans boost, you know? Yeah, let's give it the Comic Sans bump. Let's give it the Comic Sans bump. The Vigil by Ram V. Yeah, go check it out, guys. Go flood your local libraries. Let's bring it to the top of the charts. Are they charts? Okay, actually, no, I will. But we are going to talk about Ram V. Go read these savage shorts. That's the one I really really want that's the one i really love so anyways <laughs> but yeah we, i mean i hope that i hope that things are shifting and the world is also shifting other markets are also experiencing these same shifts but so much of this industry and so much of entertainment industry in general is producers trying to predict what audiences like mm. yeah we don't know if the audience appetite within the us of a is actually that local if it needs to be american front then forget it we don't know if that's true yeah but are people going to put their money where their mouth is are they actually going to stake a claim and try and see okay does it land or does it not land yeah yeah you're listening you're listening all you uh, comic book executives yeah all of you who are listening Listening to to Comic Comic Sans put your money where your mouth is come on (laughs) 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 so on that provocation we'll end this episode thanks for shedding some light on Comic Con for me and that was that was actually really insightful am I any more inclined to go probably not but also you know I physically cannot go because I am literally so far away so unfortunately yeah, I'll say I'll say this I'll say this you see how far apart my fingers are right now yeah 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 yeah. for the listener it's about an inch apart you were this close to getting your thousand dollars <sighs> but you didn't get it pal you didn't <sighs> get it that stays in so, my you know, bank unfortunately Comic Sans will not be making our debut um, at this year's Comic Con I know to to much disappointment and dismay but you know hey hey but maybe next year maybe, maybe next year maybe next year that would be so funny if I, a no, Comic Con that happen man in a year we got a Comic Con and everyone's like who the heck are these two hey he said he, wait a minute he said gay people don't like Star Wars <laughs> oh no <laughs> thanks for listening folks this has been Comic Sans we'll see you on the next page see ya yeah.